Hello, and welcome to another edition of Brotherly Love Eagles podcast. On a, ah! on a very somber, it felt this way since week two, and this one felt worse than that one in week two. This this was this was their worst effort of the season. It's easy to say that they're ten and two, um, but it was just pathetic. You know, the coaching was pathetic. Wentz for most of the night was pathetic. This try to be an aggressive team all season, and all of a sudden we're this conservative team that I don't even recognize. It just it really was it was out of character and. You know, we're going to get to some silver linings at the end, but it's just, you can't go into Seattle and play like you've, like you're five and five. You know what, Matt? All the signs were there. We were four point favorites. Both of the pregame commentators picked the Eagles. We should have known that we were headed for disaster. <laughs> just like the Andy Reid era. We were favorites in every single NFC championship game. Yeah. It felt like an Andy Reid game. It felt – I felt at home, to be honest. You know, <laughs> I felt like I was back in our childhood home in suburban Philadelphia in 2004. That's what it felt like. Yeah. You know, it's just – it was <sighs> – breathe deep. But, but let, me, let, me, let me just add to the, pile, the dumpster fire that's just brewing in my heart right now. If you look at the, – the most frustrating thing is if you look at, like, the overall stat sheet, you know, for – both offenses first downs we had 22 seattle had 20 third down we were five for 13 seattle was six for 10 we were two for four on fourth down we had 391 total yards seattle had 310 98 rush yards 793 pass yards although some of those were garbage they had 212 time of possession 31 minutes uh for us so like we had every opportunity we just uh didn't we? Well, the final stats, there's still a minute left in the game, but we wanted to get on early. So those will, those won't be the final stats. Those are misleading because a lot of, like you said, a lot of those yards were garbage points. You know, we'll, we might as well get into the two biggest moments of the game and our rated injury impact plays of the game because there's two of them as far as I'm concerned. The one is down 10-3, marching down the field. And Wentz fumbles it into the end zone for for a touchback. Devastating. Also, the dumbest rule in human history. Yeah, Bill Simmons always talks about that, but everybody knows that rule. Everybody knows you can't fumble there. Mm-hmm. And Wentz has always been a little sloppy with the ball. That's always been a criticism of him. As much as we love him, he can get a little sloppy, and he just needs to go down there. And he tried to. And I love his effort, and I love his gunslinging mentality. And and more times than not, that's going to make some great plays, which we saw in the fourth quarter. But man, that's devastating. And that was, you know, there was there was two plays that I had before that. In the first half, it was a wide open ball to Aguilar that he missed them long. Then they had to punt, and then uh, Seattle marched right down the field to make it ten nothing. And then you have that play that which would have made it ten ten. Um, so those that was the one big one. Anything you have to add for that one? Uh, I have like seven plays written down, but the other one that was devastating is 6.57 left in the third quarter. Seattle, third and 10 from the Philly, 48. We go zero blitz, and Russell Hustle Bustle just gashes us on a 47-yarder to Baldwin that they punch it in on a couple of plays later, or maybe the next play. That made it 17-3. to But yes. I, the other play was we're down 17-10, we're still in the game, and there's an illegal forward pass on a third and 10. Yes, I also have the illegal lateral. It, that was the one where he challenges one for a, a, a spot. A spot. <laughs> and then that he, was irrelevant. And it's not like he didn't have time. You know, they had to get 20 yards down the field because it was such a big play. 
Right. Who's talking to him? That's, I mean, who's the one telling him whether to challenge something or not? He, there's obviously got to be someone that is telling him, yes, challenge that. Don't challenge that. The replay clearly showed that it was a yard forward. In real time, it didn't. I thought there was no way. But then, obviously, when you see the replay, there's no way that that's not a forward lateral. That's third down. That's a loss of down. So we get the ball back. Legal forward pass is a loss of down. Yeah, so I also had, and then in the third quarter, fourth and three on the Seattle 25, we go for it. And it was kind of that, like, misdirection delayed screen that we tried to throw to Barner. And Wentz just got eaten up by KJ Wright and overthrew him. Yep. He kind of panicked on that play. It was just, yeah, it was just, it was a disappointing. Wentz didn't look good for most of the game. The play calling, the coaching was terrible. We've been, we've been saying the play calling has been great all year. It was way too conservative. They're way too conservative in the first half, not going for it on fourth downs early. They've been doing that all year. Anywhere where they're near, near midfield, they always go for it. And then all of a sudden, he puts out the, you know, the punting team, and that, that just yeah, on the first series. It just tells you, yeah, it's yeah. just a tone that, you know, oh, we're going to play conservative all of a sudden, even though we've done that, we haven't done that all year. The, uh, the other one I had written down was Seattle 15 in the second quarter, the LeGarrette blunt run, Jeffrey called for the hold on the five-yard line. That was completely unnecessary. No. Nope, that, that, that ended up being a field goal, but could have been seven. So, like, I, you know, back of the envelope, there are at least 14, if not another 21 that we left on the field through sheer mismanagement and lack of execution. Ultimately, more frustrating than anything. So, I mean, I had down the, the Aguilar missed, you know, the incomplete pass in the first quarter. That could have been three to seven points. Jeffrey called for the hold. If that's a touchdown, that's an extra four points. Um, and obviously, uh, Wentz has fumbled through the end zone, which could have easily been seven. So right there, that's you know f- at least fourteen points we left on the field. No, it was uh, it was quite the uh, bad effort. I think Russell Wilson outplayed Wentz, even though the numbers. Well, Wentz had definitely less touchdown passes, one touchdown pass, one interception. Wilson outplayed Wentz. Seattle defense outplayed the Eagles defense. It felt like any big third down they converted all night. Uh, they got out. Coach, oh, know, my God. Yeah. The halftime I mean, adjustments, not challenging that forward lateral. You know, that that was something that they've been good with for most of the season. It's just it felt like an Andy Reid game. Well, yeah, and I just had written down yeah, to that point. I mean, watching Seattle's offense is just absolutely infuriating. We talked about it with uh, Mason earlier in the week. But Seattle's offense for a lot of the game was essentially like – have Wilson squirm around like and drop back 27 to 47 yards while he's being chased mercilessly around by our defensive ends long enough to to get us called on a defensive holding penalty but that I mean that's their offense I know and I I, there's actually though there was plays where even before the the play broke down the secondary just didn't play very well well the one thing they were murdering us on all night in early downs they kept running those stupid pick plays and like rub routes on the outside where it's just like three-step drop bam the ball is out and it'd be like a rub route to baldwin or something well and it was we had made fun of baldwin for not being a true number one he had a great night yeah of course we ate our words yeah <laughs> so we, we were ate definitely, our crow. We're definitely wrong on that one and then back back to your your comment about uh, preparation and coaching seattle's defense i felt like you know, our two stable, two of our stables this year have been the run pass option, which we've killed other teams on, and they seem like completely prepared for it. I felt like there were times that 
Wentz was either misreading it or was kind of paralyzed. And then Bobby Wagner was murdering us on like some of the, you know, we try to run those trap and wham plays where we use tight ends to block in the run game. And it felt like Bobby Wagner was like just eating up the inside on a lot of those run calls too. So they were, they were definitely ready for those, you know, themes that we like to run. Well, we started talking about it. So let's just get into the the negatives while we're here because we have plenty of them. I had first on my <laughs> I had first on my list just the whole conservative feel, the conservative play calling. It just set a tone, and it just you know you go into you're trying to take down the top dog of NFC for the last five years. You know you have to go and show that you can wear your big boy pants, and we just we look like a completely different team. And I blame that on the coaching. I blame that on the play calling. You have to be aggressive in this scenario. You can't just be trying to like keep us in the game. It's going to be a defensive struggle. That hasn't been this team all year. It's been both sides of the ball. You have to let the guy who's supposed to be the front runner for the MVP, not anymore. It'll be Tom Brady now. You know, you have to let him play. Even though it should it should be Russell Hustle Bustle, I'm convinced, after this game. Yeah, and I mean, Russell Wilson is definitely in the conversation. There's a lot of people that are in the conversation. But three points through three quarters is not going to win this game. It never was going to win this game. And, yeah, Wentz made some terrible plays, one which we'll, we'll remember for a while. Hopefully not as, you know, turning point of the negative for this entire season. Um, but, I you know, it starts with Doug Peterson and – you know, the good thing about Wentz and Peterson that I've given them kudos for in the past, which I hope, you know, we'll get to this, is that they usually learn from their mistakes. So I, I expect a much more aggressive game plan next week against the Rams. Yeah, it, it definitely, I, I think you're right. It Everyone, I guess, saved the defense, which was like still aggressive, but like offensively, Wentz felt like he was, the moment was too big for him in the first half. Like he was playing tight. I don't know if it was like a function of like the play calling not being aggressive. I yeah, guess we'll kind of see that. And you're exactly right because the Aguilar miss on the first drive. Right. Yeah. Like he he obviously was playing tight. Although he's had you know in the Dallas game like games where he started slow, and you know this is just an illustration of like when you play a really you know battle tested team or you're in a playoff environment, the game comes down to a handful of decisive plays and missed opportunities, and that was like on full display tonight and you know it's probably being still only his second year he probably just gets too ramped up and it's just that adrenaline running and he's got to learn to adjust to that because you're right because it seems like when he misses throws he misses them early so that was definitely my my first major negative and i'm sure peterson will get crushed for not challenging that that lateral um so we don't we've already we've already harped on that enough (laughs) i'm sure we can talk about that more on wednesday because i'm sure he's gonna get crushed for it so we interesting how they react Wentz you know you had said this is definitely his worst game of the second season I was saying yeah he definitely had some bad games real here but you're right this was definitely from start to finish his worst game of of the year you know he had that one great series where he made that unbelievable play but he's going to make at least one unbelievable play every game it's just it was always in catch-up mode and there was you know there was still a shot though he he got that we got it to 17-10 if you told me we would still have a shot that late, I would have, you know, I would have said you're crazy. But the defense made the stop, got the ball back. Wentz made two incredible third and long conversions, one for 51 yards, the other one for 27, both to Aguilar. Um, and then you have the lateral, which would have given them the ball back 17-10. You can't wait for the fourth quarter on the road in Seattle to try to make a game of it. I don't know how much of it, too. It's, it feels like a lot of, well, obviously, like we didn't have our brutal efficiency in the red zone. 
because we we couldn't come away with points in any scenario, um, which has been the hallmark of this year. But I also don't know how much of it was, you know, Wentz has been so so good early in the, his like second year with pre-snap and getting the offense into the right play. And it felt like, you know, in this game, he was just outfoxed to some extent because he didn't have those big decisive plays. And when he had those opportunities, you know, and Collinsworth pointed them out, the incompletion to Aguilar and also, you know, the screen he missed on fourth and three to Barner, you know, those probably would, they, those could have been touchdowns. And even um, in the fourth quarter, and Collinsworth did a good job of pointing this out. When he hit Aguilar on the same play, where it was like the drag route across the opposite side of the field, he totally underthrew Aguilar. He like didn't lead him at all. And that could have been a touchdown if he had you know, been a little more accurate with his ball placement. Yeah, he seemed to be you, – you called it. He seemed to be a little off all night. And yeah. you're right. Usually we give him credit for you know making the right checks at the line, but it seemed like most of the time he was making the wrong check. <laughs> yeah except the one where he like killed into a quarterback sneak he seems unpo- impossible to stop on quarterback sneaks on yeah he, inches. he's a lot like tom brady that way where he just he he's just so big and just knows where to sneak through that it's almost impossible to stop him but yeah but that but that makes sense like playing seattle that he would like have a much harder time like outfoxing guys like wagner and earl thomas who are like the best of the best right but you know you're making you know and byron maxwell played well that you know the can't think of his guys but the guy from central florida played really well shaq um, Sha- shaquille not o'neal okay <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember his last name shaq griffin that's it but the the receivers didn't seem to be getting much much separation i still don't understand why trey burton doesn't play more he seems to always get open <laughs> right yeah he looked great trey burton positive that's what I'm taking out. Taking yeah, we're going to have no pauses for this game, so yeah. we don't need to get into that too much. But it always seems that whenever he gets in the game, he always seems to be open. So I never understand why they don't do more two tight end sets with him. But yeah, who knows? I also had down the secondary. I didn't think, you know, yep, there was definitely it's harder to cover guys when you're dealing with someone like Russell Wilson. But they just too many dumb plays, too many penalties. And, and every big third down, it seemed like Russell Wilson converted. Yeah, Pat, they were 6 for 10 on third down, so 60%. Uh, Patrick Robinson looked like the Patrick Robinson we expected tonight. Right. All season. He, yeah. finally, he finally didn't look like a number one corner. Against the receiving core that we didn't think was going to be that good. The one I thought, maybe I'm wrong here, but like I thought Ronald Darby played okay. And that one pass interference call in the first quarter that was like uh, led to Seattle's first touchdown to Jimmy Graham, um, I thought was a bad call when they called uh, Darby for pass interference, I think on Paul Richardson. Oh, yeah, I thought that was a bad call too. Yeah. So, so that one was like that, that led to the Jimmy Graham basketball play, even though it had nothing to do with basketball, that route, they, they run a fade route to Jimmy Graham and Collinsworth is like, look at the basketball play. Yeah. It's like, that no, wasn't a basketball play at all. Up at all. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Fade route, Chris. I thought the referees missed some calls and made some weird calls on both sides of the ball. At first, I thought it was going to be one of those games where I was going to be complaining about the officials, but then it just seemed like they were missing blatant calls or calling calls that seemed kind of phantom on both sides. So I can't say that like there was one advantage one way or the other. Right. Of course, uh, I've already complained about this plenty, but the coaching, and, and especially on the offensive side of the ball, but like you said, we don't know how the Aguilar play changed things. It seemed like they were running the ball, but then got away from that. You know, I, I thought the defense got out coached. So your boy, Jim Schwartz, I don't think he had a good 
game, especially when he called that blitz and, you know, they hit uh, Baldwin for that touchdown. That was pretty easy. He was open by like two and a half steps. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree that I thought that Schwartz's game plan was like egregiously misplaced. Like he, he didn't alter our defensive scheme at all to account for Russell Wilson. He just let all the defensive linemen get downhill and get bamboozled by Russell Wilson. And, like, we didn't have enough guys in coverage. Like, there was nothing, like, I don't know. There was nothing inventive about the scheme to, like, craft it around Russell Wilson. Yeah, like Kendrick spying him or something like that, where you just, he seemed to have him much more in control. It seemed like Russell Wilson was making Russell Wilson plays all night. Or do something like drop the DNs into coverage a few times. That would, like, clog up the middle of the field. You know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but also, well, I mean, on the offensive side, it felt like I had a false sense of hope coming out of the second half because obviously it seemed like we had adjusted for something on offense because the driver where Wentz fumbled it out of the end zone, that was the first drive of the second half and we were gashing them, especially on pass plays. So I felt like maybe Peterson and Wentz had come up with something, but I think that play was just so just like so devastating that we never really recovered from it. So in other words, in terms of game planning and adjusting, I thought like the offense found a gear in the second half. We just didn't execute. Yeah, and I just didn't ever trust the defense to get off the field tonight. Yeah, no, we couldn't get off the field. Anytime there was a big play, I felt like Russell Wilson was going to make a first down. And it seemed like anytime there was a big moment in the game, that's what happened. Yeah. And then the one time where it looked like they did something illegal, Peterson doesn't challenge it, so that's on Peterson. No, no, in terms of game management, no, Peterson I know. was a disaster. And yeah. also the, the two-minute drill at the end of this, the first half was horrible. Yeah, I, you were harder on him than I was. That third down play call, I think we can agree, was a, you know, I didn't like that play call at all. But then once they didn't get it, like he thought he was going to get at least a yard and didn't have to worry about But then it was a fourth and a long two. So yeah. that really just killed whatever momentum was going to be on that drive. So I think he did the smart thing once we didn't get any yards. But I blame him for the toss to get no yards to make it fourth and two. Try to run some sort of, you know, play to score a touchdown on that. Why, if you're going to go for it on fourth down, what's the point of just doing a, a run where the running back starting five yards in the backfield? Completely agree. So I guess like leveling up for a second. At, and this is, I'm really reaching here, Matt. I'm reaching hard. But, you know, having this sort of loss where I think we, we come into the game and our offensive and our defensive game plans were more, like, ignorant of the opponent. We just said, like, oh, we've been running rough shot over every team we played this year by playing this certain way, both on defense and on offense. And we didn't tailor our game plan at all to our opponent. Hopefully, like you said, this, will, like, this loss in the regular season is better if ultimately Peterson and Wentz and Schwartz take something away from it in terms of how you game plan against a playoff caliber opponent. Yeah, and I just want to bring up one more negative, and then we can talk about silver linings. Vitae is a major concern. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Consorts was talking about it all night, and it's true. That is something that we had talked about might kill this dream season, and we thought he was getting better, but against any elite defensive end, he struggles a lot. Well, I think what it revealed to me, too, is if – if we play ahead and can like the balance of play calls tends more towards rushing plays, you know, and our wham and our trap concepts are working, then you don't notice Vitae being as much of a liability. But if we have to play from behind and go pass heavy, that's when Vitae's crappiness shows up. 
I guess he, in run blocking, he's actually been pretty good. It's it's pass yeah, exactly. protection. Yeah, exactly. Because he did make that one night nice play that they called out on on a run play. I can't remember who it was. Where he but, murdered Shaq. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shaquille, not O'Neal. Yeah, but as far as as far as pass protection, he's a long way to go. Yeah. So that yeah, I figured you know there was really no positive to take away from this game. So why don't we get into what we think are the possible silver linings? Yes, I think you know the main silver lining, if there is one, is it's a a necessary deflation before the playoffs that you know we shouldn't have any illusions about you know how inexperienced we are as like a playoff and and how you game plan an opponent of like Seattle's caliber. Well, here was my silver lining. I'm trying to take it that what did I say? I said you had to win one of the two games out west. Well, we lost the one, so now we have to beat the Rams. Right. So I feel like. They'll take this week. They're staying in, in Southern California. You know, the, the crowd won't be nearly as much as a factor. And the crowd was definitely a factor. You know, we were talking about maybe the home field advantage of Seattle has lost sort of a little bit of its luster, but they brought their A game tonight. So, you know, huge shout out for the 12th man, um, you know, which sometimes I think is a little overrated. But tonight it definitely made a difference. And you could see, you know, with, with some of the adjustments on the line, I think that's when Wentz had issues. But it's going to be against another great team, a team that a lot of people think is better than Seattle right now. And you have number one versus number two, the you know, golf versus Wentz, which will be hyped up all week. Yeah, I guess I will say, I think, so the Rams played Seattle once earlier in the year. And I think Seattle won like 16 to 10. It was like that kind of game. So they've been humbled by Seattle also. Obviously, they beat New Orleans, so... This is this is going to be a, an extreme test. So hopefully Dougie P and Jim Schwartz come up with something better than what they came up with tonight. Yeah, and you know they're playing another great defense with Wade Phillips as the defensive coordinator. Who, right? You know he's a he's a legend, and he has that defense playing really well. So it's going to be another big test for Wentz. The defense has got to play better. The offense has got to play better. It, it was just it was a deflating loss for a ten and one team. I have to be honest. Yeah, no, it was it was it was kind of embarrassing. It was kind of embarrassing. I think that's the perfect way to put it. So, and you know, especially especially on like Sunday night, you want it to at least be like a field goal game, stepping over ourselves the entire night. Yeah. We'll see. Ten and two. We're still right there. I believe we're now that we would be the two seed if, if it ended today, but that doesn't mean anything. There's still a lot of football left to be played, so I'm not w- really worried about that. You know, I think thirteen and three guarantees on a buy, so they still they still might be able to afford one more loss because you know the NFC South teams still have to pay, play each other. But you know, New Orleans looked really good again today after not looking great against the Rams. I was saying I wasn't worried about them, but they look great today. So, you know, home field advantage is going to be a big deal. Don't think it's as much of a big deal for the Eagles. As as I say this, they look terrible on the road tonight against Seattle. <laughs> but playing New Orleans in Philadelphia feels a lot better than playing New Orleans in New Orleans, for example. I, okay, and just going back to the silver linings conversation. Our defense definitely didn't show up tonight 100% against like a, a highly flawed Seattle offense. But I do think this was a game that our offense had every opportunity to outgun Seattle and win it on, on Wentz and executing. And had we executed, we would have outscored Seattle. But we, we failed to execute in every offensive phase of the game. Yeah, that, that's the silver lining. It's a second-year QB. He's going to have more bumps than uh, Tom Brady or Drew Brees. That's another silver lining you can look into because he just hasn't had that experience. He hasn't had to deal with the ad- adversity. Everybody was talking about him being so great this year, being the MVP. 
hopefully he got a little bit of humble pie tonight and he's going to take that to heart and come out and never let that happen again for this season. You know, that's, that's the biggest silver lining we can hope for is not only the coaching, but Wentz, because, you know, Wentz didn't have it tonight. He didn't look like an MVP tonight. Although today, even the great Tom Brady was chastised by Josh McDaniel for missing wide open receivers. And he said F you openly on the sideline to Josh McDaniel. So even the greats, you know, they have their bad days. Yeah, even the greats <laughs> have their bad days, but they won today. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, okay, uh, Tom Brady lost to Denver in two years ago in the worst AFC championship game in history. There you go. We still we still have a lot to be thankful for. You know, if you said 10-2 and two at this point, we would have taken it every time, including a loss in Seattle. So... It just disappoints me because, you know, this was a statement game and we didn't we didn't make any statement. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, we could get into what teams scare us, but, you know, any team scares us right now at <laughs> yeah. the top of the NFC. <laughs> any I, other team I, in I the still NFC don't believe, playoffs. I still don't believe in Minnesota. I, I'm still not buying the Case Keenum hype. I'll take my chances against against Minnesota. You know, I'm sure Minnesota fans are like, well, you know, we look like the better team, sure. Um, but I'll still take a million times Carson Wentz over Case Keenum. I don't care how well Case Keenum's playing. I think Atlanta's mm-hmm. kind of had a nice little run. We'll see Thursday night against New Orleans, but you know, I think that's going to come down to New Orleans. Um, Carolina sucks. Yeah, Carolina. <laughs> we we saw them earlier in the year. They don't they don't impress me very much at this point. It's you know Minnesota, L.A. Rams. Now you got to talk about Seattle again, and New Orleans are the teams that scare me the most. Mm-hmm. So. But we can get more into that on Wednesday. We have the Rams coming up. Hopefully we'll be a little more chipper after this downer mood we've been put in by the Seattle Seahawks beatdown. Uh, but until then, any final thoughts? I got to find a new shirt because this one's sweat clean through. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. <laughs>